How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode six of the Infinity Zen podcast. Uh, to the last episode, we had a full house with Ryan and Alyssa, and today it's just me. It is a solo episode yet again. Um, I'm actually going to try to keep doing some solo episodes, I think. Um, they give at least, at least I feel, they give me a space to kind of think and clear my head a little bit, which is always good to the extent that I'm literally talking to myself in an empty room. Um, uh, it's been a it's been a rough week to say the least, but we're managing as always as you should. Um, probably gonna get into detail uh, a little bit later on in the episode, but figured I would uh, at least do a show tonight because it's been it's been a little bit since we've actually uh, posted something. So, this episode, I don't know how long it's going to be. I mean, right now it's like quarter to ten. It's getting kind of late, but at the very least, you know, I don't care much about time. Um, So, on the ledger, we're really just going to talk about um, some more philosophical-esque kind of things. So, eh, say philosophical is a bit of a stretch. Maybe more so just like self-improvement, I guess, maybe, I don't know, um, so, let's just jump right into it, um, these are things that I've been kind of pondering the last couple of days, and I think me voicing them and more or less just kind of organizing my thoughts as I say them out loud may help me at least get a better understanding of everything that's going on, all right, so, First thing, um, I want to talk about figuring out who you are and what it means to to find yourself, as, as some people say. Um, so, as of late, maybe the past two, three weeks, um, and this, this happens more often, like it's kind of predictable, it's like it's an annual thing for me where... I go through this odd phase where I try to like reinvent who I am and I'll, I'll do little things, you know, like I'll, um, I'll slightly change how I dress. I'll get a, get a new haircut. I'll start listening to different kinds of music, music that I've listened to, of course, but I mean, like my music taste varies anywhere between like hip hop, punk rock, uh, Really, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot. It's a lot of stuff I randomly listen to, but um, it, it's it's little things, little changes that you can make that, in a sense, like help you figure out who you are. Um, so I'm not sure if this happens for other people, but oftentimes, especially following a really rough period of my life and I've had several of those undoubtedly um I oftentimes following those events try to um during those events I don't feel like myself you know um I I don't feel as though I'm in the right headspace I don't feel as though I'm going in the right direction in life 
and for me it's a weird thing where like subconsciously I feel the need to change a lot of things about me in order to not be that person that was in that situation because I'm the kind of person where like I blame myself for a lot of the misfortunes that happened to me in life and I think it's a subconscious thing where you know um if I cannot be the person I was during the time of tragedy or during the the negative events in my life then possibly I can prevent them from happening again and I know that that is 100% irrational but I just think it's a subconscious thing you know like your mind just kind of like goes into that mode where it's like well we need to change that you know like uh you were this person during this time that clearly didn't work so maybe let's try something different um but one thing that that's common especially among people my age like in the their early 20s mid 20s um you know, we're, we're, we're also trying to figure it out, you know, especially in today's day and age where there are certain expectations that people have of you. There, there are certain um, niches that you feel that you need to fit into in order to um, find your purpose in a sense. But, and, and I can honestly say that I'm guilty of doing that. Don't get me wrong. I'm guilty of... Um, trying to, like, conform, in a sense, to, like, what society, like, would expect of me, yada, 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 um, but I think, I think figuring out who you are is a bit different than trying to figure out what is expected of you, you know, and and granted, you know, like, there are still, uh, there's still a moral code that I live by, um, I still believe that people should act as if they belong to a society, but I don't think society should act as if, um, the people within it are merely in a means to an end, if that makes sense. Um, so one thing in today's like social media driven time where you see on apps like Instagram, more, most especially Instagram, I should say, you start to have a more comparative lifestyle wherein you often judge where you're at in life based off of where other people portray themselves at. So say, for example you're scrolling through your Instagram feed and someone who gra- who you graduated with um, is working a full-time job, is traveling the world, all that stuff. You most likely, your head doesn't necessarily go right to like, oh, good for them. Like, wow, it's crazy. It's crazy that they're doing that. And more so goes to like, why the fuck am I not doing that? Why am I still stuck here where I'm at? And the, the truth is, really, with that, is that you can't compare yourself to other people 
really at any point in time. I mean, really, you can only start comparing yourself to other people more towards the end where you're trying to figure out, like, what have other people done in, in, in the span of time that I've been here and what could, I have done, what could I have done differently to maybe do more in that sense? But, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that that's a thought that everyone has when, when it nears the end. Um, but I, I think I've, I've quoted this on the podcast before, but Jordan Peterson has a really good quote where he says, um, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. And I think that that speaks volumes to how people ought to be living, how people ought to view themselves. Like, so long as you were, you are today a better person than you were yesterday, or so long as you are making the strides to get there, then I think you're, you're in the right direction. But finding yourself is, is a little bit different than trying to better yourself. And bettering yourself is going to be something that I'm going to talk a little bit about later. But really finding yourself is... Finding yourself and figuring out who you are, it's, it's a trivial process. It, it truly is. It's, it's a constant process of trial and error. It is constantly testing the waters and saying, well, um, I can become this person. I can put myself out there. I can either get horribly rejected and have to start from square one, or I can be um, completely accepted and embraced and maybe I won't have to change myself. Um, after that, unless people eventually get bored of you, which is a different story. And then there's that in between where you don't get much of a reaction. And that's honestly kind of where I find myself in a sense. You know, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm making the right strides going forward. I feel like I am, but in that same vein, like it's just like the kind of um, odd self-doubt that people always have in the back of their head that tells them like, what you're doing right now is, isn't what you should be doing. And that's not to say I'm doing much different. Um, it's really, like I said, I'm only maybe a couple weeks into this, into this self-reinvention. And I always go through them. And they always take time to, to come to fruition. They always take time to, to garner a, res, a, a response um, somewhat similar to what I want. Um, but as of right now, I kind of find myself like stuck in like, the whole like... In like the dud phase where it's like I, I think I make these huge drastic changes and I expect there to be some type of like holy crap you really changed like you know like that kind of thing like oh my god like you're doing so good for yourself and you know I, I, I'm not getting I'm not saying that that's like what I expect or what I demand it's just like you know I think that it comes with any time that you make a really drastic change to yourself like you expect you don't expect it but like it's 
it's anticipated that people will, you know, like acknowledge it to a certain extent. Um, because I mean, shit, you know, who I am today is completely different from who I was this time last year, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that. Because the changes I've made are so drastic, I don't think there's much, like, it's not unexpected at this point, you know? Like, there's nothing I can really do to be like, oh, like, here's me making better life decisions. I'm still on the same trajectory as I was this time last year with schooling and with work and everything like that. Really, the only main different, the, the different things about me are are my mentality the way I look, those music I listen to, and the way I present myself. And the way you look and the way you present yourself are completely different things. You know, you, you can you can look like a bum and present yourself as this uh, this model of success. I mean, look at Steve Jobs, for example. Guy would dress in a tucked-in sweater, blue jeans, and white dad shoes. And yet, he was the founder of arguably the world's greatest big tech corporation. Still is. Maybe maybe Microsoft is up there in competition. But, I mean, realistically, people know what an iPhone is more so than they care what you know, a Microsoft phone looks like, you know? But, I think... I don't know. You know, I think um, there's a weird, it's a weird feeling that I have about myself as of late. I think it's um, it's kind of like one of those things where like you anticipate a certain, certain event to happen. And like it builds and it builds and it builds. The anticipation is just kind of like killing you. Like, oh yeah, like I need to, I need to experience this before before I lose the the determination to experience it. Or it's like the eagerness of trying to experience it. But then the the thing you were anticipating experiencing just doesn't happen. And it's kinda of like a weird tease in a sense where it's like, you know, you 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 anticipate a certain type of okay, you know what I'm I'm not being clear. So, when I made the changes to myself that I did, I expected there to be, I don't want to say expected, I anticipated there being a certain type of reaction where it was like, you know, not people like praising me or anything, but like just acknowledging the fact that I've made changes. And I didn't get that. I've kind of get gotten the status quo as if like nothing about me changed. And granted, yeah, I'm still like in the early stages of it. And in that same vein, you know, like people don't really know who I am, so they really other than the the face value stuff, my personal appearance and things like that, that no one's really gonna be able to tell. And I don't think I've made any changes to my personality in a sense, but more so just like my mentality. So, I'm not 100% sure exactly, like, 
what I was expecting, what I was anticipating. But what I was anticipating is kind of besides the point. Um, But at the end of the day, I, I ultimately think that when you're trying to figure out who you are, you do go through this trial and error. You go through this... Um, you go through this process wherein you don't know what to expect, but you are anticipating some grandiose event, something that is different than what you had before. And the reason that you expect that is because you believe that you yourself are different than who you were before. You expect, you anticipate people to treat you differently. You anticipate, um getting different types of reactions from people in a sense um it's it's a really it's a weird thing it really is when you when you think about it the fact the the idea that you can make minute changes to yourself or major changes to yourself and yet no one really acknowledges them you might like they might notice they might keep their acknowledgments to themselves but at the end of the day like that's not what you are anticipating you know um so in in the sense that you you try to figure out who you are in the sense that you go through the trial and error of trying to be a different person than you were. And for me, like, I'm, I'm sure it's different for all groups of people. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's different for everybody individually that there's a certain trigger that makes you want to become a different person. Uh, for some people, it's heartbreak. For some people, it's, it's um, major life events, things like that. For me, there, you know... The, the person that I was trying to become for the past six months now, I think it's been six months, I really don't know, I've kind of lost track at this point, but I don't really care either way, to be honest. The person that I was trying to become for that time wasn't someone I wanted to be, it was someone that I thought I had to be. It was someone that... I thought I was content with being because I thought that it was what another person wanted. And, you know, it sucks to say that. It really does. I, I made, I didn't make too many drastic changes to myself, but I feel as though I've I kind of set myself back from being who I actually am um, because I thought that I was going to become the person that this other person wanted and it, it just it just it just wasn't you know it wasn't at all and you know I had I had it maybe for like a couple of weeks but then just you know you realize all that stuff is just face value it's shallow you realize that outside appearances and certain things, certain behaviors are 
all face value. They really don't define you as a person, as an individual. I mean, granted, I mean, nothing I did was morally objectionable. It was really just like, you know, the way I dressed and the music I listened to, the kind of like reckless mentality I had where I was just like, yeah, I'm going to go skateboard on ice. Let's see if I get hurt. If I do, big, you know, cares. You know, I still have a scar on my wrist from October from when I was skateboarding. And I fell off and busted up my wrist real bad. And it's stupid that I did any of that. It really is. It's And it's not stupid because it didn't work out. It's literally just stupid because I did it in the first place. You know? People ought to love you for who you are. For who you aspire to be. And the steps that you take to get to, to where you aspire to be. And if they demand some odd changes... Something as, as, something as minute as like your hairstyle, or something as stupid as like the clothes that you wear. I, th- I think that says more about that person than it'll ever say about you, no matter how much you tried to conform to what they want, because I mean. For however many months I was trying to like take on like a like a skater boy mentality and persona, and it just wasn't me. Nothing about that was me. And granted, yeah, like I work at I work at a van store and I love skate punk. And that's I've always loved skate punk. I've always liked surf punk and you know things like that. I love that kind of culture, but it's not who I am. You know, you can listen to a certain kind of music and enjoy it. It doesn't make it you, you know? Like, you know, I can listen to gangster rap all I want. Does that, in any sense, mean that I'm a gangster? Fuck no. It's... It's just a weird... Weird phenomenon right now. I feel like I'm kind of... It's, it's that kind of feeling where like you feel like you're coming down from a high... And it's not like a mania thing. It's more so just like... It's a weird identity crisis kind of thing. Where it's like... For some odd months I thought... That I was going to become this person. This... This like... This weird... Like... False representation of my true self... I have a misrepresentation, just complete and utter, like, mischaracterization. Like, complete opposite. And ever since I no longer felt the need to do that, I practically, like, immediately, like, like the flip of a switch, I immediately started doing things for me and how I wanted to do them. And to an extent, it's made me feel better because I, you know, I was so stressed out during those months. 
um, to the point where, like, my dermatologist was just like, because I, I was telling her, I was just like, well, you know, I want to make sure that I don't go bald anytime soon. So, you know, <laughs> just want to, because one thing that's always been constantly true about me is my biggest fear in life is going bald. Um, but yeah, no, and, and I went to go see her yesterday morning and I was just like, yeah, you know, my biggest fear in life is going bald. So I want you to, you know, if you ever notice my hair thinning or anything like that, you let me know and I'm going to start like hair loss prevention regimens and like, we're going to fix that shit immediately. And I remember she was, she was asked me, she was like, well, what makes you think? You're going to go bald anytime soon. And I said, well, this is going to sound bad. I said, well, the period of time that I was growing out my hair, and this was literally just for the sake of another person. I said, during the time I was growing out my hair, it got really long and more strands than ever fell out. It would be a bunch in the shower and it would be a bunch when I was styling it that was every single day and then she told me she was like well you know like were you going through anything stressful at the time I was like yeah yeah I was I was going through a lot of stressful shit at the time you know then I didn't go into detail with her exactly what but you know the, the fact of the matter is, is that the shit I was putting myself through was extremely stressful she as well, you know, stress can, can cause hair loss or it can cause hair to fall out. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that that was a thing. I really didn't put the two and two together. But when she told me that, it kind of made me realize how much me trying to be someone that I wasn't for the sake of someone else. And it, it's weird. It's fucking weird. Why did I put myself through that shit? Why? There's no fucking reason for me to do everything that I did in those some odd months to try to get someone back who never fucking loved me in the first place. And I'm sorry that this is getting personal, but I mean, it's, it's just kind of like, like I said, this is going to be an episode where I'm just kind of like gathering my thoughts and trying to figure my shit out here. But it's fucking weird. I literally spent months reinventing myself, not for me, but be, because I knew what this person had a preference towards. And I spent all that time trying to become that and I didn't realize that it was quite literally eating me alive it was destroying my men my mentality it was it was destroying my mental health my physical health I lost 15 pounds in the span of that month became an alcoholic that was a lot of fun that was a fun two-month bender I'm recovered now, but it's besides the point. And to me, it's just, I think there's always going to be that constant question. Probably for, for another couple months, if not a couple of years, 
where I'm going to question, why did I even do any of that? And I think that the answer to that question is probably going to be more evident, but it's going to be like a rhetorical question wherein I feel like I have to constantly ask myself that to remind myself to not do it again. And I just, I don't quite understand myself sometimes. I don't quite understand why I do what I do, why my impulses are the way they are and why I decide to act on them. But for, let's see, September, October, November, December, January, literally five months, five months, I did that shit. An impulse is one thing, but that's just five months of impulse trying to, trying to get back something that I should have never wanted in the first place. Fucking crazy. I don't, you know, if I were to look at myself from the outside in, I don't think I'd be able to to comprehend my rationale, and I still can't comprehend my rationale for any of that. There's no, there's no excuse to me doing what I, you know, the decisions that I made, the um. Stupidity on my part of trying to I don't, I don't even know how to describe the situation it's just fucking stupid just so fucking stupid but you know you, you live and learn anyway I completely sidetracked um so yes people have um have certain things that kind of like trigger them to where they they feel as he they they feel as though they need to figure out who they actually are and things like that. And like I said, for me, it's 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 a combination of like heartbreak, disappointment, and major life events. And I honestly think that because it's different for everybody. But in that same vein, although the reasons may be different for everybody, ultimately the process is arguably the same. Where you kind of feel as though like you have a really strong desire to start from square one. But knowing that you can't start from square one, you kind of build off of what you already have and you try to make it better. When in that same, you know, like while at the same time, like destroying any and all evidence of you know like whoever the hell you were before that and I think I think it's it really is a matter of I I think I think the how lies within the reason or the what lies within the reason meaning you need to figure out the reason or well yeah you need to figure out the reason that you're going through the phase of trying to figure yourself out and trying to find who you are you need to analyze the reason and when you analyze the reason you'll find out 
uh, who you want to become, why you want to become that, and how you will become that. That's, that I think really is the best way to put it. Because figuring yourself out, trying to find out who you are, especially at, at a young age, it's, it's difficult. Because you're thought to, you're thought to like have some really weird conformatory aspect to you where there are certain expectations dependent on age group and 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 other things and you compare yourself to people that you graduated with because you you view yourself on like the same plane as them like you know we graduated the same year we were the same exact age we just took different routes out of high school and because of that they seem to be better off than I am but it's I think it's deeper than that. I really do. I think that whatever whatever reason you have for trying to find yourself or trying to reinvent yourself, etc., etc., whatever your reason may be, the best way to figure out who you are is to figure out what the reason is that you want to change who you are today, who you want to change yourself into, and how you're going to change yourself into that. And all of that lies within the reason. It lies within the main trigger for that. So it's weird because when I look back and analyze my reason for trying to reinvent myself into who I I want to become now, a lot of it evolves around being the opposite of what it was that I was at the time. And I think that should speak volumes, really, to... That should speak volumes to how bad that situation was. That I don't... I'm not sitting here thinking, I want to be better than that. I'm sitting here thinking, I want to be the complete opposite of that. You know, I want to be the opposite of of like reckless and and edgy and shit and I want to be sophisticated and I don't want to say necessarily upper echelon but more like clean cut I guess would be the better way to put it and it's you know, I, I think that is honestly what I want because in a similar way, you know, I, I kind of like have this mentality about like two years ago. Two years ago? Yeah, two years ago. And I mean, like what came about it was, was pretty good, but it's a bit different now. Ultimately, the... Um, the vision is the same, but there's a, there's a little tweaks here and there that I'm making to it. So we'll see how that goes. All right, enough of this topic. All right, moving on. Um, so uh, one thing 
that friendships and relationships are definitely not free from, free from, well, I shouldn't say one thing, but several things that friendships and relationships are not free from is drama and negativity. Now, I'm probably, once again, just like I did last segment, going to use some more personal examples because I feel it, feel as though it's kind of pertaining into my personal life right now. But, um, you know, it's, it's an oddity that, and I'm not sure if this is any fault of my own, I'm sure to some extent it is, but I feel as though everybody that I've tried to have a friendship with has always in some way, almost always, except for Ryan being the one exception, tried to start some drama for no reason. And it happened again recently. Shit, fuck, I lost two friends. I lost one friend in October, and I lost one friend at the beginning of the month. Well, because of some drama. Didn't lose them as in they died, but I lost them and not like I don't speak to them. And upon reflection, I'm not sure that I particularly have a have a sense of regret for losing them or anything like that. It's more so like I look at it like this. I look at it as if if drama was the deciding factor of whether or not that friendship uh, survived, then clearly that was not a good enough friendship, you know? And it's always, always stupid shit. It's just stupid, stupid shit. And it's little shit. Like, my friendships... Funny, it's it really is funny. My friendships had never blown up for for significant reasons. My friendships have always blown up for fucking stupid reasons, little petty shit. And I really think it's because it's just like you kind of look at it where it's just like really like that's what you're focused on. Like you really give a shit about that. Like I don't. I don't completely understand why people obsess over minute details of my life where they should really be focusing on their own. But, you know, I think that's besides the point. Um, I mean, like, I feel like drama is inevitable. Excuse me. I feel like drama is inevitable. Like, there's always going to be some kind of issue. But it's to the extent that you let that drama affect your relationship with someone or your friendship with someone. And it's really it's something that you have the op- that you have complete control over whether or not you permit that in your life. And I get it. I fucking get it. It sucks to lose a friend. Especially one that you've had for years. I mean, I lost who I thought was my closest and best friend of going on nine years but at the end of the day like did it hurt tad bit does it bother me now not really because i've gotten over it but the more you get over it the more you realize you're just like i really can't believe 
I consider that person my friend. You know? There, there are some people that just simply don't surprise you. Don't get me wrong. But it's the people that, like, you expect better out of. It's the people that, you know, you expect more from. You kind of, like, hold them to a higher standard. Um, and I think that that's why maybe they disappoint you. Maybe that's why. It's because you hold them to a higher, to such a high standard. Because you feel as though they've earned that uh, status in your eye over the year, over the course of years and certain trials and tribulations that friends go through in the course of a friendship over that span of time. But at the end of the day, like I said, you do get over things. You get over them. You move on. Just don't let it consume you. You you really don't even give it a second thought at some point. Sure, for the first couple weeks, maybe even a couple months, you know, might be pretty heavily weighing on your mind. But over time, you, you just start to develop the sense of, like, I don't give a shit anymore. And granted, as stated on a couple episodes prior, I'm a bit of a narcissist. And that's my mentality nowadays towards a lot of th- a lot of things. Like I have reached a point where I'm just like I simply just don't care. And it's not so much as like I don't care because I'm too good for it. It's just simply because like I'm I don't care because I simply just don't have the mental capacity or the emotional availability to even give this a, a an ounce of attention, let alone my full attention. Like that's. That's how I think. And I don't, I don't care if, if that's problematic in any way, shape, or form. Because quite honestly, I don't give a shit. You know? It's one of those things. And I'm not sure if that's a testament to, to personal growth. I don't know if that's a testament to the possibility that I'm going to become a full-blown sociopath. Who fucking knows, man? I mean, sure, I definitely have the signs of it. <laughs> but... I mean, I don't know. I think friendships are are one of those things where it's like, you know, there's something that you can easily afford to lose. And, you know, like I had this like somewhat drunk statement that I made that didn't make a whole lot of sense then and it still kind of doesn't now. But I said something along the lines of... (sighs) Oh shit, excuse me. I said something on the lines of like friends are like are like socks. Or yeah, friends are like socks. You lose one, you go out, you get some more. You know? So I gotta look at it, you just move on. You don't think about that sock any ever again. And sure, I'm sure that doesn't make any sense to anybody right now. And barely makes sense any sense to me. But You know, we're just throwing out philosophical metaphors out here. You know? That's what we're doing. Um, fuck. Oh, God, yeah. And then the second half of this is the relationships thing. And Jesus fucking Christ, man. You know, a part of me simply wants 
to be completely just left alone and just go into isolation. But another part of me really enjoys... I don't enjoy the drama. That's that's not the right wording. It's more so... I am amused at how much people concern their lives with my life. You know? And especially people who who have said that they don't care and pretend not to care. I'm just like, bitch, you fucking care. And it's fucking stupid, and it makes you look dumb. You know? Like, I don't know how else to put it. I, I really I really don't. Anyway. Um, so, my track record with relationships is not all that great. I didn't start dating until I graduated high school. I'm not proud of that in any way, shape, or form. But I guess to some extent I'm kind of happy that that's what happened because I could not imagine shit. I, dealing with an out of high school relationship is already a fucking wrestling match with a brick wall. I couldn't imagine trying to fucking deal with that shit in high school where everybody's in everybody's business and it's just the norm. Like the shit that oh, fucking hell yeah, the shit that's been going on for like the past like two fucking months. So it's, it's just like. I don't know where the fuck any of this, like, how the fuck this is actually happening happening in my life. I feel like I'm in, like, a horrible, horrible remake of As the World Turns. That's what it feels like. And, I don't know, maybe that's contributing to my sense of numbness. <laughs> that's an oxymoron. Um, it's just contributing to the numbness that I feel towards most things in life anymore, you know? And it's kind of scary because I'm sure one day the numbness is going to fade away and I'm either going to feel everything all at once and have a horrible mental breakdown or I'm going to feel everything at once and go fucking berserk. Who knows? Barney really hopes that I just stay numb the rest of my life. Sure, it's going to suck not being able to react to most things. At least not in a way that I should. But, I mean... We all have our own ways of coping with things, and I guess going numb is mine. Um, alcohol helps too. Alright, so relationships. Now this isn't gonna this isn't really meant to be a personal rant, but forgive me in advance if I just so happen to Mention some personal stories. Because, again, there's shit that I just need to get off my chest. Pardon me while I vape real quick. Alright, anyway. Moving on. So, I'm not going to get into too many personal details because I don't, I don't think they're worth it. But... Um, ultimately, I'm just going to kind of like run through these things, maybe mention how in some sense and, and as vaguely as possible describe how they pertain to my current situation. And I'll just see where we go from there. So, like I said, drama and negativity is kind of like inevitable in, in all aspects of life. And it's just really, it's just, imagine, it's just a matter of like how you kind of like deal with it in any given situation. Um, but I added these three, these three things right here. So the first one is jealousy or jealousy. 
Now, jealousy, in a weird way, kind of goes both ways, right? But in the same vein, it really doesn't, at least not for me. So, for example, <laughs> we're already starting off with the personal examples. My last relationship, she would get jealous extremely easily, in the relationship especially, and even evidently after the relationship, of what I was doing. I wasn't doing anything even remotely malicious in the relationship, nor outside of the, of the relationship. Fuck, I spent five months trying to get her back. Um, like a fucking moron. I'm gonna clown myself for that sometime in my life. Um, so, I think jealousy is a weird thing. And for those who feel as though their significant other is jealous of something, or they always act jealous, whatever it may be, just remember this. Jealousy is something that a jealous person will at least attempt to use to make themselves feel better or feel as though they got one over on you because holy hell I'm not sure if it's just if it was just blatant ignorance on her part or if she if she was just saying the shit knowing it would fucking get to me whatever it may have been right but literally, her and I kept in contact for like a couple weeks after we broke up the first time. And just the shit that she would fucking tell me that she was doing. That she was talking to a person that she had known years prior. From a fucking another state. And that that person was the reason that she was, quote, good after the breakup when I was a fucking alky the fact that like oh there's a lot of dumb crazy shit that she fucking did shit the the shit that she would post on social media yada 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 like all, all like the little petty shit you know little things that she'd fucking tell me is I think it was because of the fact that she was, for some unprovoked reason in the relationship, was constantly jealous. She would always bitch about pictures that I might have liked on Instagram, and they weren't even fucking racy pictures. It was just like, if, if it was just another female operating the account, it would just be like, holy fuck, you're cheating on me. You're like, no. Jesus Christ, it was a picture of, of a cat. God damn. And... She would kind of like project, or at least attempt to project that jealousy onto me, because I think the psychology behind it is that because she is naturally a jealous person, she would try to make me jealous after the relationship, and that was her way of getting one up on me, and she's still fucking doing that to this day, and I think it's hysterical. I don't think it's hysterical. I think it's fucking annoying, but... And that same way, like, I'm, I really, like, I'm, again, I'm out of corner. I just don't care. You know, I, I got bigger fucking things to worry about than some person I don't care about anymore, you know? And it's true. I've come to the conclusion I do not care about her anymore. 
I don't, and you can say good for me, good for you, man, you know, like, keep your head up, kid, no, like, I don't, that's not how I look at it, I'm just like, you know what, like, she treated me like a, like a, she treated me like less than shit, she treated me, I don't even know, like, what is less than shit, what is the, like, on the hierarchy of garbage, what is less than shit? I think it's like a carcass. It has to be a fucking carcass because no one wants that. I mean, no one wants shit. But I mean, like, to some people, I guess it's a fetish. But like, no one's thinking, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna fuck this, like, half rotten body. Like, you know, like, that's just how I was fucking treated. For the months after the relationship to the couple weeks that we got back into it, and now afterwards. And like, she, like, I, like, that's, I feel, again, going back to the whole, like, you know, like, trying to find yourself, like, that was a whole fucking thing where, you know, I kind of, like, came full, not, like, come full circle, I did, like, a fucking 180 on it, where I'm, like, you know what, you're gonna treat me, like, less than shit, I'm going to become greater than anything you have ever imagined I could be. Like, whatever, like, whatever you thought I could have been, I'm going to become a thousand times better than that. And I like to think that I'm on a certain path to that. My mentality is certainly there. But, you know, that's... Meh. It's an odd thing. Um, but, you know, it's, it's weird. Like, if your significant other is jealous of you, just remember that, first of all, it's not going to last. Okay? Jealous people, they're always going to be jealous. But also anticipate them trying to make you jealous afterwards because it's people like that. They're the ones that can't fucking let shit go. They're the ones that are just like, I'm going to do things knowing damn well that if I were them, I would be jealous of this. And maybe they're as shallow as I am and as ignorant as I am that maybe they'll react the same way I would if I saw this and you know what that's what she was trying to do that's what she's still trying to do and I just don't care and sure yeah you can tell you can say that I'm on a podcast right now talking about it but that's really just to help y'all out that is simply just to say like beware of that shit beware of certain characteristics in a person because when someone is jealous, they will try to go out of their way to make you jealous in every aspect of, of your life. Whether you're in the relationship with them or not. They will always, always, always try to make you jealous. So, the next one. Envy. Now, someone could say envy and jealousy kind of go hand in hand. That's fair. But... Things had to come in threes. So I was like, you know, jealousy, envy, and yada, yada. We'll get to there. So, in a weird way, I think that envy, to an extent, plays an, a, an important role in someone's life. Because, like, you know, like, you, you see a nice car, you envy that, you want it, it makes you want to do better to get there. But when it comes to relationships, it's it's not a good thing. For obvious reasons, of course. And, you know, envy for me, 
in my situation, I did not in any way envy anything about her. More so, I just despised the fact that like it wasn't a thing anymore. I didn't despise the fact that I just I was just very sad about it. You know, like first like real real relationship. You know what I mean? Things like that. Um. So. In the same sense, in the same sense that she's trying to make me jealous, like she's also trying to like make me envy her. She's trying to like make it seem as though like her life is better than mine. I'm like, no, no, it's not. Um, sure, you work a full time job right now, but I'm on my way to making quadruple what you make right now in my first year. So, just uh, just a little friendly reminder there. Um. But I mean, like, I don't do, fan, like, I don't post on social media to make anyone envious or jealous. I don't, I don't do that petty shit. I think it's stupid. I think it's, it's very juvenile. But certain behaviors in a person kind of like are telltale signs that someone's going to be envious and jealous. Like, if, so like, je- jealousy's a little bit different, I think, than envy. Because jealousy, it's not a matter of... I feel like jealousy is more possessive than envy is. So, jealousy, at least in a relationship, is more so like, I don't want my significant other interacting with people of the opposite sex for any reason, yada, yada, yada. That's ultimately, like, I feel like what that comes down to in a relationship. Now, envy is more so... It's a little more detailed. Envy is... Not only are they liking uh, another person of the opposite sex's um, pictures on online, but that that person I view as more attractive than myself. Like, and I think it becomes, and that's not possessive. If you think about it, it's more so like, you know, like why am I not like that? Why like is that what that what my significant other like that's like that's what they deserve or whatever like you because you 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 um you view them so like highly you know like you you regard them so highly that you think that they deserve like a supermodel even though like your significant other could be batshit fucking ugly um and uh, and you say you start to envy like the idea that like there there are more attractive people, people with better personalities and personal qualities and characteristics and jobs, you know things like that, and like that's not healthy either. And like envy and jealousy typically go hands in hand, but they are not exactly the same. So, I mean, have I ever been jealous or envious? When I'm in a vulnerable state, yes. You know, if I, like, back in the day, like, a couple months ago, like, like, uh, when was it? When was it? It was, like, a week and a half ago, I think. No, that's not right. That math ain't right. Um, you know what? Let's just say a week ago. It was, like, last Wednesday. I saw some shit that... A couple months ago, had I seen it, I would have been fucking heartbroken. 
devastated and probably would have gone on another bender. But I literally looked at it, kind of like chuckled to myself and was just like, what, what the fuck ever? Who cares? You know? And is that a healthy way of coping with things? No. But it helped because not only did it help me realize that like I'm above that kind of shit, like I'm above the 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 petty acts that social media um, is is used used as a tool for. Um, but I'm also like it also helped me realize I'm just like I genuinely do not care for that person anymore. Like I don't. They could drop off the face of the earth tomorrow. I just would not bat an eye at that shit. <laughs> you know? Um, but anyway, I feel I feel like I'm kind of like going on a little bit of a tangent here. And I'm sure it's not helping anybody. But whatever. You know, it's, it's a fucking late night. What time is it? It's fucking it's 10 of 11. When I started this shit, it was quarter of 10. I mean, like, come on. Come me a fucking break here. Ugh. Um... You know, I think I think envy is one of those things where like I think certain people are just kind of like predisposed to being envious. Like they they always think that like nothing they have is good enough, or they can they can never be satisfied with something. And those people typically live life on the very subjective basis. They live it on a very odd basis, wherein they'll tend to look at themselves on a day-by-day basis and just say, well, this isn't good enough for me. And they can never be truly satisfied with anything because they're just like, well... And they always have like the whole grass is greener syndrome. Like, oh, well, like, things are great right now. And again, again, same shit with my fucking ex. It's like, oh, well, like, you know, things are great right now. But what if, like, you know, like, what if I'm missing out on something? Yada, like... All that stupid shit. And, like, you know, it's... To an extent, like, I understand. I don't condone. I understand. Like, you know, like... There's a difference between having those feelings and acting on them. Like, you shouldn't act on your envy, per se. You know what I mean? Like, you shouldn't... You shouldn't let envious thoughts dictate your life and how you live it. You shouldn't let the grass is greener syndrome fucking dictate your life and how you live it. You, you just don't let these certain, like, these uh, these emotions and these thoughts, you don't let them overcome you and get the best of you. Because then, ultimately, you become jealousy. You become envy. You know, you, you become the person that feels as though they're always missing something or that things could always be better. Like, of course, things could always be better, but are they going to be better? Who knows? You know, like, sure, you never know unless you try, but a lot of the times you kind of risk losing what was already great, you know, like, um, for example, like, uh, I don't have any actual, like, real world examples off the top of my head, but I mean, like, shit, say if you're the, you're the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, but your dream in life was to always become a musician, right? So you abandon your job as a, as a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, hoping Hoping, hoping, hoping that some big record producer uh, discovers your music, signs you, and you become even richer than you were before. Sure, yeah, life could be great if you could just do what you love to do, write music, and get paid for it. 
not only get paid for it, but literally make a whole millionaire's career out of it. But in that same vein, is it worth risking that position as a CEO of a Fortune 500 company? And granted, yes, you may not be happy in that position, but I mean, shit, it's paying your fucking bills, isn't it? It's it's a responsibility that you have. Oh yeah, responsibility, that word again. <laughs> um... So, you know, I, I just I just think that people are so wrapped up in like the what ifs of life and and they're not they're, they're so wrapped up in the what ifs that they just completely disregard and take for granted the what is. And as fucking cliche of a philosophical philosophical uh, phrase as that might sound, it's the truth. You know, pe- people are so concerned with, like, oh, like, how things could be. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, that's not how things are. <laughs> and I understand the philosophical, um, the naturalistic fallacy. It's like, well, don't confuse, you know, an ought for an it, or you need to separate an ought from an is and things like that. And, like, I get it, but, like, maybe you ought not become a musician because it just, like, it's not going to work out for anybody and you just become homeless and fucking miserable. You're gonna be even more sad that you're you're not you're on the streets of whatever fucking city that you lived in because you wanted to become a musician and fucking abandon your job as a CEO. You fucking idiot. <laughs> like I mean, like that's just ultimately that's how you gotta fucking look at things. You know, like you need to you need to assess, evaluate, and put a value on what you have now. And you need to take certain risks to say, like, is this worth giving up? Because that's the opportunity cost right there. It's the trade-off of a lot of things. You know, like a lot of things involve sacrifice. And oftentimes, you know, you have to you have to abandon one in order to at least be given the attempt to obtain the other. And oftentimes, it's just, you know, like, it's one of those things where nothing is guaranteed and you just really have to take a risk assessment and just say is it worth it you know that's what it has to come down to it's absolutely what it has to come down to and applying that to relationships you know like you could always think like oh like there's always going to be someone out there that looks better than my significant other or life could be so much better, like, or like, like, who knows how much better, like, if, if what I have right now is great, imagine how much better it could be, you know, and, you know, sometimes in relationships, I mean, like, what you have is as good as it gets, you know, you're not gonna find the absolute perfect to the T of exactly what you want. Like, that's just not possible. Not only is that, and sure, you might find that person, but does that mean they're going to love you and be and want to marry you and spend the rest of your life, their life with you? Like, no. Like, you, may, you might find them, but does not mean, like, there's, there's a lot more to it than you just finding out that someone like that exists. You know? Yeah. Like, really, in relationships, you need to look for just a handful of things to be satisfied. You know, 
you need to make sure that you share the same values and that doesn't necessarily mean like have the same political beliefs but it's like you know like do you want a family yes or no um like do you believe like like how do you think that children ought to be raised because like this is ultimately the purpose of families is child rearing and child child bearing um you know like how should the child be raised like is family important uh how involved should uh grandparents aunts and uncles be in 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 the family um like do you both like have a, have the same work ethic? Do you think that one should be the the child care and the other should be the breadwinner, or do you think that both should be working full time and making a salary? Like, like the certain values that you have, you know, like what constitutes a good relationship? Like you know, like to what extent do we have uh, our own boundaries? To what extent do we have like you know like an open channel of communication? And like, what should we be open and communicating about? Like, it's just things like that that matters. Um, quite frankly, I don't really remember where the fuck I was going with this. Um, uh, you know what? No, who cares? I'll, you get what I'm saying. Like, relationships are foundationed on very simple things things that are not that complex and quite honestly like the whole idea that like oh well, like well, through social media like i could meet anybody like yeah you could meet anybody you could also meet the fucking person that's gonna stab you and chop up your body and eat you like yes you can meet anybody on the internet don't give it a shot it's fucking pointless and I'm sure to there's a good to good to fair chance that uh, there's a there's a serial killer on the other end of the line that you're talking to. Um. All right. So you know, let's get this segment over with. So childishness. Now, I would say that jealousy and envy are very childish traits. However, the childishness that really manifests is the act on jealousy and envy. Like, and it's doing little petty things to to try to, like I said, to like try to get one up on your former significant other. Or even current significant other, for that matter. And, like, it's, like, little childish shit that fucking just revolves around and just goes in circles. And it's always just, like, you know, like, anytime that you see something from your ex, you're just, like, what the fuck are they doing now? It's, like, it's stupid shit like that, you know? It's always, like, uh, you know, I, I just, the amount of childish shit that I've dealt with in my life. Not even just in my last relationship. Pretty much in, in a relationship before that, too. That was a horribly childish relationship. It was, I don't know why the fuck I was involved with that, either. I can kick myself in the ass for two of my three former relationships. Seriously, I can. Those were probably the two dumbest fucking shits I've ever gone through in my life. Ever. Um, 
Granted, yes, there's been plenty of other dumb shit that I've done in my life, but out of all the uh, holy fuck-ups, those two are are definitely up there. Actually, you know what? Let me take that back. My last relationship was not a holy fuck-up. The holy fuck-up was what happened after the relationship ended the first time. That was a holy fuck-up. Um, but the relationship before that was just a fucking nightmare. It should never have lasted more than two weeks. Anyway, um, the fuck was I saying? Oh yeah, so childishness. It's childishness is like the acting on jealousy and envy. It's it's partaking in the drama. It's just constantly bringing like a negative uh, mentality to every situation that you go into. And it's just, like, people people like people need to grow the fuck up. At some point in life, they just need to grow the fuck up. And they need to just ultimately say, like, I can either constantly have the mentality of, like, a six-year-old just trying to get back at whoever, like, like, whoever, like, slightly hurt my feelings. Like, I could, or I can always just try to be, like, mischievous and shit like that. Like, that's just fucking childish. And, like, if you're doing that... If you're past the age of 17 and you're doing that still, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you're not preparing yourself for a successful life. You are, honest to God, probably going to become miserable failures because you just don't know how to focus on yourself. And not only are you not having, are you having issues focusing on yourself, you're trying to drag everyone else in into your childishness. And again, this goes back to not only friendship, but fucking, or I should say, not only relationships, but fucking friendships too. Like the the friends that I just fucking lost uh, earlier this month. Like you know, like being fucking childish as always, always trying to start drama, always just fucking like putting his nose into shit where it doesn't belong, like shit like that. I just don't understand why the fuck people feel the need. To make things that are not their business their business. If for if somehow some way someone can logically explain it to me to a point where like I can actually like understand not only understand if you can convince me, and it would take God knows how many bottles of Jameson to convince me that that behavior is justified. Not only justified, ought to be encouraged. And tolerated and should be the norm. I will. I don't know what I will do, but in some way, shape, or form, you will get your retribution for me saying the shit. But as of right now, I stand on the fact that childishness has no place. Again, Childishness should go out the fucking window when you, after you leave middle school. Like, as soon as you hit freshman year in high school, like, you should just, like, be ready to start maturing. I'm not saying you're going to be mature, but at the very least, you should be ready to start maturing. If you're still doing middle school shit outside of high school, like, I don't, I just don't know what to fucking tell you, man. I don't. Like, some people just really love drama. They really like the idea of beef. And, like, I just... I don't have time for it, man. Like, I'm sorry. I 
couldn't care less and you're wasting your own time you're wasting your own energy at the end of the day you know like i just know for a fact that if someone were to make your relationship about them you would probably be i might even piss that's not even right again i don't care i simply just don't care because at the end of the day i'm fucking chilling and again, like, you know, like, this isn't even me. This isn't me trying to, like, like, speak my mind or anything like that. Because, like, it's really, like, not even on my mind. This is just kind of, like, airing out dirty laundry. It's just, like, I can let it pile up. And at some point, i got to fucking just, you know, air it out. Let the, let the wind take it as it goes. Some other metaphor. I don't fucking know. But you get what I'm saying. Like, at the end of the day... You, you are 100% in charge of the friendships that you make and the relationships that you forge. So it, because of that, it is extremely important to practice good judgment, to recognize, and like, you know what? Like, it's not going to be perfect, okay? It's not going to be perfect by any means. But, at least not the first time around. But... You need to go through the trial and error. You need to go through the disappointment and the heartbreak in order to understand what exactly it is you are looking for. You need to understand the, the warning signs of, of, of a bad person. And you, you just, like, red flags just gotta fucking start popping up all over the place. It, like, it just needs to be one of those things where, like, you constantly are being observant and I'm like there's not there's a difference between like being paranoid and being observant like just you know for a certain amount of time you just have to be observant of people's behavior because people will kind of tell you who they are in the first like what, what is it people will tell you who they are in the first 20 minutes of you meeting them something like that I don't know what the, what it is but like my experience people kind of tell you who you who they are usually within like the first two months Personally, I have a really, contrary to what I'm saying here tonight, I have a very good, very good sense of who is a good and who is a bad person. Uh, I, just meeting people for one time, I've told my friends, I'm like, I don't, there's, I got a bad vibe from them, I don't, I don't like them. They'll tell me I'm tripping, and then a month or two down the line, boom, I was fucking right. Um, so yeah. If you're going to take anything from, from tonight's show, take that. You know? Just kind of apply that to your life. Make sure you know what you're looking for. Make sure you know what you don't want, especially. That, that's the biggest one. I mean, shit, you can you can find what you're looking for and also find things that you don't like in what you're looking for. So sometimes you just got to revise a plan. You know? Every map needs some tweakings to get to the destination. Um... Um, you know, when I, when I wrote the prompts for this next segment, I was kind of reflecting on the events that happened over the weekend, and 
again, I'm not going to get too much into personal detail, but essentially what had happened was my, my grandmother died um, last Saturday, and her services were on Friday of last week. Well, what, what's today? today? Today's the... Today's the 23rd, Tuesday the 23rd. Uh, her, her services were on Friday the 19th. Um, so... Sorry, my necklace just got caught in my beard. Um, essentially, all right. You know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna set up the prompt and I'll go from there. So, the prompt is be the reliable person at a funeral. And. You know, um, losing her, I, I lost, she, she was the closest person I've ever, uh, lost due to death. She was, like, I was, I was over there once a week, every day until I got my driver's license. You know, like from like middle school to to the beginning of of uh, senior year of high school, um, she always picked me up from school. She, you know, do anything for me really. Um, you know, um, Yeah, she taught me a lot. When my parents got divorced. I mean, she was... She was the one who was like... That that second parental figure. You know, she was... Always... Making sure that we were okay. Like, me and my sister, like... And it was, like, little things. Like, rather than, like, asking us, like, how we were. She would just, like... Do the little grandmother stuff like you know like, oh, like did you guys eat you know and she asked us like you know like how how things were and like how how school was going how's work going things like that and that didn't stop after my parents got divorced you know that just kept going this is part of who she was you know she was just a caring person and you know I don't, I don't like to recall the day I found out. Or the day of, I should say. Um, it's just it's just a memory that's going to be burned into my fucking head for the rest of my life, and I really wish it wasn't. But... I just, um, I remember a couple days leading up to her services, uh, I was trying to write my eulogy for her, and 
usually I can write a lot of stuff regardless of the topic. I can write it, I, I can write pages within hours. It, it took me four days to write five paragraphs about my grandmother. Not because I couldn't think of anything, but it, it was just, you know, you're eulogizing someone, you don't, you don't want to say the wrong thing, or you don't want to, you know, like, make a, a little caveat here, I mean, my family is very, like, we don't like to make light of situations, per se, but, like, we, we know how to find the humor in certain situations, or, like, like, when someone dies, for example, like, you know, like we'll always, like, remember, like, the funny moments with them, and things like that. So, like, you know, like, you know, we can always, like, kind of, like, throw a joke in there where people understand. It's like, ah, oh, ha, ha, it's so them. Um, so, like, you don't want to make a joke that's, like, ill-natured or insensitive. And, you know, the, the amount of times that I cried trying to write that fucking eulogy. The amount of times I cried trying to write it. The amount of times I cried trying to, like, read it out loud so I could get a gauge of how long it was going to be. You know, I remember the night that I finished it. It was two nights before her services. And I I just remember thinking to myself, because, like, that was the night that I was, like, timing myself. And I couldn't get through, like, the first paragraph without start fucking bawling. And I remember thinking to myself, I was like, there's, like, I need to get through it. I need to be able to not only get through the services, but I need to get through the eulogy. Because, like, I know, like, the eulogy is going to be the hardest, the hardest part of it. Because it's literally, like, it's... It would be the last remembrance of her in her presence. You know. That's why it was tough. Everything about that situation was tough. But. Like I said, I remember. Telling myself, like, you know, you need to get through it. You need to be able to, to be strong. And do it. The way that you you visioned that you would like just very cool and calm and just like not ignorant to the situation but just like showing the strength in it because i mean you know my sister and my mom were already going through a hard time with it as it was and you know there's only the three of us so i didn't want it to be you know like, I needed to be the one to, like, to, to take on the difficulty of the situation and show that, like, you know, like, everything is still going to be okay, as sad as it is, you know. So, you know, Friday came along, and the services were early in the morning, and, 
you know, I had my eulogy with me and, you know, pretty much the entire, not the entire time I spent thinking about it, but like, I mean, I just remember like, you know, you can only see so many, so many faces and hug them and just, you know, like as they express their condolences for you, you know, you just say thank you and thank you for coming and, you know, um, there's only so many times you can kind of like go through that before it's just kind of like, it feels like a really weird routine that you don't want to be in. So to kind of like take my mind off of all that, I was just kind of like, okay, like, you know, like, how am I going to gather my thoughts for it? How am I going to, how am I going to, um, not fall apart at the podium? Essentially, you know, that was kind of like my thought process. So I was like, well, you know, again, still need to maintain composure and make sure I say everything that I had to say. And I remember, I remember crying about it and thinking to myself, I was like, the reason that I need to get through this is because these are important words. They are like in a weird way that these words are her, you know, and they, they need to be told as clearly as possible. So that was like my mentality going into that. Um, so when I, when I say you know, you need to be the reliable person at a funeral. That was my mentality going into it. That, like, I needed to be reliable. I needed to be the person that, like, should my mom need somebody, like, I need to be there. Should my sister need somebody, I need to be there. Because it was, like, it wouldn't be fair to them to not have a reliable shoulder to cry on or someone to like talk to about it because I didn't want to be so like wrapped up in my own emotion that I would fail to recognize not not recognize but like I would fail to like comfort you know my mom or my sister in that situation so for that reason it's important to be the reliable person at a funeral And I think I think that there's a really fine line that the reliable person at the funeral kind of walks because it's the kind of line where it's just like you border showing no emotion and then you also border showing too much emotion that would just quickly unravel into like just an emotional wreck. Cause I like I knew if I was like if I shed shed one tear at that funeral, like I mean I did, don't get me wrong, but it was like my biggest fear was like I would cry and I just wouldn't stop. You know? That was my fear. And in that event I would not have been able to deliver the eulogy and it just would have been just would have been a nightmare, you know. So, 
So, I mean, that's really a lot to say about that. Funerals suck. Death sucks. Um, but he still needs to be reliable. He still needs to be. Again, it kind of like just, it's more so like, a, like in the funeral. Granted, yeah, like it actually happened for me recently, but I mean, I think a funeral is just also a simile for tragedy. You know, like a, sim- a simile for um, misfortune and just the tragedies of life. And I think it just kind of like the phrase, be the reliable person at a funeral, just kind of like says, like, you need to be a reliable person even in like the darkest moments of life and the saddest moments of life and the most tragic moments of life. And, you know, like, like I've said before, like, life is just full of tragedy, but the thing that keeps us going is our responsibility. You know, I felt it was my responsibility to be the reliable person that day. And that's ultimately what got me through my day, you know? It wasn't... It wasn't anything... It wasn't, like, a nobility thing. It wasn't, you know, this, like, holier-than-thou thing. It was just, like... Because I just knew that it was already a really rough time for my mom and for my sister. I was like, I can't make it more tragic. I can't make it harder for anybody else because like, you know, out of the four of us, I was the man of the family. And, you know, taking on that role comes with its responsibilities and in a situation like that, those responsibilities are still there. You know, but, um, yeah, no, that's all I have to say about that. Oh, take a drink. All right, <clears throat> next segment. Uh, Alright, so This kind of goes back to um, What I was talking about in the first segment To an extent at least The the final two segments here Are the ones that kind of Come full circle to that first segment So This one is about coping With misdirection Now Like I said, I feel feel like Um because I'm in that like dud phase or I, I feel like a dud in the sense where it's like I didn't get the anticipated reaction to uh, me changing myself or something like that like a lot of people feel that they're like in the wrong direction like going the wrong direction in life and it's definitely not uncommon to feel that way it's and it's, it's a shitty shitty fucking feeling don't get me wrong like to think that um you know, like, you've worked hard enough to, to try to better yourself, and yet you could still feel like you're just not going the right way. Um, and don't get me wrong, like, you know, like, to an extent, yeah, I still kind of, sort of feel that way right now, but I think, um, I think in a weird way, like, the sense of misdirection is just kind of like that self-doubt. And like I said, like usually like these, these, um, 
these incidences of someone trying to reinvent themselves, at least for me, like I said, like it's always come after like heartbreak and, and like a major life event. And I think the, the, the sense of misdirection that I feel right now is more having to do with like, um, like a weird sense of like self doubt where I'm just like, because it's such a drastic change it's kind of, it's like literally, it feels like going from like north to south in a weird way. It's kind of like if you feel as though like you're going the wrong way to be, like, and like, let's just, you know, like, let's kind of like reference uh, like actual travel I'm using a compass. Like, you know, if you spend X amount of time going north, then immediately realize you're going the wrong direction. And you start going south, you're gonna have that self doubt. Like, should we go east or should we go west? But you continue south, and you're like, you know, I'm ninety nine percent sure this is the right direction. Yeah. Well, north and south could have. You get what I mean. So like, I, I just feel like that's like the the mentality that I'm at right now, where I'm just like, because it, I made so such a drastic like. I don't want to say like a drastic change, but like it's a, it's arguably like just a one eighty. Cause like the person I was a month ago, like the per yeah the person I was a month ago is completely different from the person I am right now. And it's just such a weird like a really weird sense of just like am I even going in the right direction? Like like maybe I should be going a different direction, but like. I think it's one of those things where you kind of like have to persist. You have to like keep going on. You have to keep, you know, like pushing forward and just say like, no, like this has to be the right direction. Like we tried all the other directions and then didn't fucking get us anywhere. So, how do you cope with that? That's a great question. For me, like I'm still finding myself struggling with coping with it. You know, um. It, it takes a lot of reassurance, like, predominantly from yourself, because you really don't get it from outside sources, you know, you just kind of like, uh, you just gotta be like, okay, well, you know what, um, even if I am going the wrong direction, I can always just turn back and try something else, but, like, with that caveat there, you're also just like, well, I have to be in the right direction because, like I said, like all the other directions failed, and you know everyone has a direction to go in. So, but then again, like what constitutes knowing the right direction? Like, like I said, like ultimately, like my end goal is the same. You know, and it's go to law school, become an attorney, yada yada yada. Um. Like, that's all still the same, but it's just, like, again, it's, it's the way I, like, like, <sighs> oh, shit, excuse me, it's the way that, like, I present myself, and it's the way that I, like, hold myself and carry myself, so, I would say that's probably the biggest thing about me that's changed, really, is just, like, I went from being this, like, vulnerable, insecure person into this person that like has an ego through the roof and like it's like the complete 180 
And I think that that's why I feel as though I'm on the wrong direction. And it's also because like, I didn't get the anticipated um, reaction from, from, I don't want to just say like people in general, but like, you know, like people that would notice or people that would just be like, oh shit, look at that. You know? Um, so, in saying that, I think the way to cope with it is to embrace it. Really, it's like uh, to embrace the possibility that you're going in the wrong direction, or you're you're mis misguided in some sense. Is really just to like embrace it and just say, well, even if I am, I'm gonna try it anyway, because like I could think. <sighs> Sorry, people. It's like eleven thirty here, and I've been up since fucking seven o'clock. Um, yeah, no, so, like, you can have a mentality of just, like, I might be in the wrong direction, but then saying that I also might be in the right direction, and, like, I don't want to turn back until I figure out what's, what's on the other end of this, and for me, it's, like, what could be on the other end of it is just, uh, completely opposite of what I thought, or it could be even greater than what I thought, so... You know, that's really what it comes down to. I think it's... I think coping with it is going to be different for other people. Don't get me wrong. I think it's going to be a matter of, like... You know. It's more so, like, what do you do to make you feel better about the changes that you've made in your life? And... Like I said, like, I can easily just sit here and constantly tell myself that, like, everything I'm doing is perfectly fine, and I can have, like, the the people that are in my extremely small circle tell me that what I'm doing is 100% fine, but I mean, like, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that, like, I could be wrong, and, like, that's just something that I have to, like, understand, but also be okay with, because, you know what, I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again, but, like, remember... I was going through the shit that I was going through for however long, and I thought I was on the right direction, and, you know, like, (sighs) again, you know, like I said, I was going in a completely wrong direction, and I was doing it for someone else. So at least if I'm going in the wrong direction now, I'm doing it for me, you know? I'm saying, like, this is what I want to become. This is, like, the mentality of life that I want to have. And I don't know. Honestly, I just think that there comes a certain point in your life where you just... You decide that you want to take control of everything. And, you know, there's a really weird sense of power having a certain level of control over over your life. But I'd rather enjoy it. Because even if other people are just like, oh, like you're a narcissist, like you're, you're a fucking so about yourself piece of shit. I was like, you know what? Like, even if that's true, I might be 
I might be a narcissist and I might be so full of myself, piece of shit. But at least I'm doing it for me. Because you know what? It beats being below. It beats being a carcass for someone else. It does. I don't know how else to put that. For the longest time in my life, you know, I just kind of like let people tell me how I should dress and how I should look and whatever, whatever. They never did anything for me. So now I'm finally just saying like, you know what, like, this is what I want to do. So I want to do it. And I want to do it with or without anybody's support. I don't give a shit. I could literally have zero people even acknowledging my existence, let alone things that I accomplished or changes that I've made. But you know what? At least I'm doing it for me. That's all I can care about. It really is. There's there's nothing else in regards to the to the um face value changes that I've made that I could care about you know there's nothing like I've made face value changes ultimately like yes I'm the same person I just have a different appearance different way of carrying myself and a bit of a different mentality but it doesn't mean that like my moral code has changed. It doesn't mean that my aspirations in life have changed or anything like that. So I don't think there's anything objectionable per se. But even if people, um, you know, people are always going to have some shit to say. At the end of the day, so long as what you're doing isn't hurting anybody else or isn't in, violati- in violation of like a moral code, fucking do it. You know, if you want to walk around like you are the fucking king of whatever, do it. That's what I'm doing. And sure, is it is it the best? Uh, has it yielded the best results for me so far? No, not not a hundred percent, but. Again, I'm still so early into it where it's like, I think given time, like, I'll get to where I want to be. And it won't take much longer than it typically does. Because it's taken me a long time. I remember I kind of came close to this phase to where, like, to this um, version of myself a couple years ago. I feel like I said that. It didn't really amount to much. (laughs) It, it didn't really come to fruition the way I wanted it to. But it still did a lot of shit for me. It, it really boosted my self-esteem and it boosted my self-confidence. And, it, you know, made me kind of, like, take life by the throat and just say, like, we're playing, you know, like, we're, we're um, I'm going to do what I want to do to become the best version of myself that I can possibly be. And I think that... 
I think that what's happening with myself now might be the manifestation of that actually like kind of like coming to fruition. I think this is like it kind of like coming back with a vengeance. And, you know, I thought I hit a huge low like right before the first time. <laughs> Little did I fucking know. Like this shit would all, like all this fucking shit would just happen in the past couple of months. So, you know, I like to think that these are the drastic lows that are going to be countered, counteracted by the drastic highs, and hopefully, hopefully the highs just stay there. You know, hopefully they they just remain at the top. That's what I'm hoping. But you know, like I said, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. About fucking two hours into this thing. Definitely need to go to bed soon. But I'm going to knock out this last segment before we go. Alright. So actually, to kind of piggyback off of that. um, My final word of advice for the night is to constantly better yourself. And I know I said, you know, like, you shouldn't wake up every day. Like, oh, like what I have right now isn't good enough. And... It's more so pertaining to like the people in your life, you know. Like if if the people in your life treat you well and things like that, then keep them. But granted, yeah, if they suck, then fucking drop them. It's a lesson I should have learned. But um, what I mean by constantly better yourself is to have a vision for who you want to be, and wake up every day taking more steps to get there. Because you can't have a vision of yourself and wake up every day doing the same routine over and over and over again and expect to just miraculously get there. You need to take constant steps to get there. And the more steps you take, the better you will become. The better version of, like, you will constantly become a better version of yourself. That's what I'm saying. So, you know. I think that that's a really key concept and the key um, mentality to have in life is to just say, um, I know who I want to be. I know to an extent what it's going to take to get there. And I'm going to start acting on that because I'm not waiting any longer than I have to. Because I mean, shit, you know, it takes time. Yeah, I'm still still only about to get into my third year of college, of undergrad. Yeah, so I have like another two years before law school starts. So like time like it takes it it takes time. It takes time to get to where you wanna be. Like nothing happens overnight. If it happens overnight it ain't gonna last. Like all good things come in due time. So, patience is key, really, in a situation that, because you know what, everyone wants to have, like, that immediate change, that immediate, like, overnight change, to, like, wake up one day and be a completely different person than you were, and to, you know, to expect everyone to um, recognize it, embrace it, encourage it. 
but you know what? Like sometimes people just don't understand. You know, like you need to take certain steps. To, like it's one of those things where it's like the step I just took may not have made sense, but it's essential that I take that step to get to the next step. The next step, of course, will make sense. So, you know, I think that that's a good uh, mentality to kind of have there. It's it's good to ultimately recognize the need to constantly improve yourself and you know you need to do that really by figuring out who it is you want to become why you want to become that and how you're going to become that um, by reducing the amount of drama and negativity that exists in your friendships and relationships and if you can't reduce it then cut those completely off um, by being the reliable person in tragedy in, in the face of of utter despair and, and suffering and Embracing the possibility that you could be going the wrong way. And even if you are, so be it. You know, you've gone the wrong way before. You'll get back to where you need to be at some point. But I think it's better possibly going the wrong way than... It's better to possibly be going the wrong way than it would to never. Right, let me rephrase that completely. It's better to acknowledge the possibility that you were going the wrong way than to acknowledge a possibility that you missed out on everything that you've ever wanted. I think, oh, well, actually kind of all tied in really well together. Everything we just talked about is covered. So, um, yeah, no, that's ultimately all I have for this episode. But, um, yeah, so just, just keep everything in mind. I'm 99% sure I didn't say jack shit tonight. I honestly, whatever people care about, I, like, it's not, it's not my goal with this to, to be life-changing. It's really just to be like, hey, here's some thoughts. Why don't you take them into consideration? It's not to be, like, demanding that you abide by my moral code or anything like that. Or... You must necessarily take my life advice, otherwise, you know, you'll end up a loser. Like, no, it's not my goal. I mean, shit, half the time I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about when it comes to this stuff, but you know, it's nice to kind of like air out your ideas and things like that. So, with that, it's been almost exactly two hours it's 11:42 right now so i'm gonna wrap it up there and um 
I don't know if we're gonna have a full house again next episode. If we're just gonna have one, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll just—I'll just do another solo episode. I don't fucking know, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see when we get there. How about that? All right. So have a good night, everybody, and just remember when you wake up tomorrow, have a vision for yourself and take the necessary steps to get there. Have a good night, everybody.